<laughs> I immediately regret Hello. my decision. <laughs> Hello there. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Playback Podcast, a podcast all about the past. My name is Adam, and I'm joined by David. Hello there. So, if you're coming from a YouTube channel, which I'm assuming at least one of you are, I thank you for tuning in and uh, listening to our ramblings. So, uh, you're probably wondering, you're probably sitting there listening to this podcast right now. You're like, who are these two feckers? Special lad called Adam. Yeah. I, yeah, I have 127 subscribers on YouTube, so I'm I'm quite famous now. So you're probably thinking to yourself, who was Adam and who was David? Well, let me tell you a story. We're both Irish lads. I'm 22. David, are you 22? I am 22. David is 22 as well. And we both love games. We both like music and movies and TV shows, but games are the thing that drive us. Games are the things that get us out of bed in the morning. Would you agree, David? I would. Today, we're going to talk about games that define us. <laughs> Pregnant pause for the win. Games are good stuff. So it's good they to are. talk about them. So it that's is. what we're doing now. In the most awkward introduction in podcast history. But that's look, all part look, of the podcast. Yeah, it's all part it's of the podcast. Yes, it is indeed. So, by games that define us, we don't mean our top five favorite games of all time. I'm sure at some stage we'll do something like that. But right now, it's just games that, say, have a nice memory attached to them. Or at that time and place when we played them. It really cemented itself in, in our head. Yeah, yeah, there you go, David. Summed it up perfectly. Has a has a lot of meaning. We decided we'd pick five. Now, whether or not we're actually going to get to talking to five will be another thing altogether, because as much as we'd like to sit here and talk for three hours, I don't think many people would want to sit here and listen to us. I don't know if I even want to listen to us for three hours. Yeah, yeah, fair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are two geniuses. I know a lot about games and have played a lot of games. So maybe people will enjoy listening to us, but I'm guessing we'll find out when this thing gets uploaded on whatever we can upload it. Yeah, we'll upload it on your Zoom MP3 if we can. Whatever makes it easy for you to listen to. So again, we chose a list of five. Whether or not we're going to talk about them is another story altogether. So, David. Do you well, want to pick your first game there yeah, that you no. want to talk about? So I thought I'd uh, start off with a nice mainstream game. And that is Resident Evil 4. For enough, yeah. the GameCube, the Wii, the Switch, PlayStation 2, the PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, iOS, PC, PC Xbox, uh, Xbox 360, oh, Xbox 360, Xbox One, pretty much everything. There's no real excuse yep. not to have played at this rate, but um, Resident Evil 4 is obviously a very famous, very iconic game. Uh, it's a game, one of those games that I think a lot of people are know of, at least have heard of. Um, you're bound to have heard of it at this rate. It's a it's a seismic sort of shift in the industry and just the development of games. I think. Uh, uh, ben Croshaw, Yatsi, uh, Yatsi has said, or he did a, a video about it, and he was saying that it's sort of the hair-ringer of, you know, the next-gen, because it was actually originally a GameCube game, you know, part of the Capcom 5, which they completely reneged on. Uh, 
where they were going to make five exclusive games for the GameCube. But, you know, obviously the GameCube is sixth gen. It's a sixth gen game. But it doesn't feel like it. It's kind of, it's really, um, it's really, it, it, it sort of has like this premonition of where games were going to go. It's very brown, very gray. Yep. Which is fine for that, you know. Yeah, it's very gritty. It's very uh, there's motion capture. Uh, there's, it's it's a little obviously you know it's a bit talk you know a bit try talking about it at this stage, but it's more actiony. Took the series. The obviously the previous Resident Evils were survival horror, tank controls. Although Resident Evil Four also still has tank controls. In fact, they didn't. The only thing they changed was the camera. Instead of fixed cameras, it's now from behind uh, behind the character. Yeah, I should say as well. You play as Leon Kennedy, obviously. I, I get it's it's this game is so it's such a a masterpiece. It's such a tour de force in the industry. It's kind of you can't even begin to to even you know imagine how you can't. How do you even explain this? How do you even discuss this? It's such a such a force. Yeah. I, I could just say the. There's so much about this that has that's already been said, so you know I'm not going to add too much to the conversation. Uh, the thing I, I'll say, and you know, to just so we don't stay too long in each game, if we were going to get through ten games, apparently, you know, let's see, is the fact that if you play that game, it's you're never doing the same thing for for too long, which it has in common with another game that I'll talk about later. But the pacing, I think it has the best pacing of any game I've ever played. You, you know, there's rooms like it, you go through a, a a village you go on to a you know swamp lake land you go into a medieval castle you go to an industrial island factories it's it never gets old there's always something new happening there's yeah. new enemies all you know all sorts leon is hysterical in it it's very campy but it's also kind of scary and creepy there's different enemy types that you know really can freak you out and it's the the it's be, it's most uh maybe infamous what you call it Legacy is what it did to the series, uh, to the Resident Evil series, but specifically the two games following after. I've never actually played Resident Evil Six, uh, so I wouldn't I'm, play I'm... Resident Evil Six because Resident Evil Five is shit. But the thing about Resident Evil Five, if you happen to be a person, now I'm sure there are people out there like this who oh, yeah, only I'm play. I'm a person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you are a human being. Yeah. I presume there are people out there who maybe only played. You know, Resident Evil Five or Resident Evil Six, and didn't like them as much. I liked Resident Evil Five at the time, and I think I still do. But I, when you, the more you play, the more you realize little things, especially when you play the higher difficulties. It really starts to, yeah, get to you. So, if you've only played those games and you didn't like them or hated them, and you look at four and think it's the, more of the same, you're doing nope. yourself a massive, yep. massive, massive disservice by not playing it. That's all and I can play it on the Wii. I play it on the Wii because the Wii version the Wii is version. it's great. The Wii mode. Now the textures are pretty. The texture and resolution are pretty muddy because you can't really see things. But other than that, it's great, and you can actually aim, which for me as a, uh, a scared a, a scaredy cat, as as people might say, uh, for me. It made it a lot easier because them games make it's it's scarier in them games when you can't when you don't have full control of yourself. But with a Wii mode, you do, and you can aim pretty well. Yeah. So, do you have any memories tied to this game? Like, why? Like, explain to me why it's something that defines your kind of gaming self. 
well, as I said, this is sort of embarrassing for me. The first Resident Evil game I ever played was Resident Evil 5. Yeah. Which, when I was, like I said, I'm 22, so I was only maybe 13 or 14 when I played that. And uh, I was really excited to play, you know, because I you know, I was very big into YouTube. And people talked about it, Resident Evil 4, and, you know, how much of a big deal it was. And I always remember the cover art to 4. The icon, the European cover, anyways, the iconic sort of you're in the forest and the Wii cover yep. where the you see the, yeah, the man with the guy with the chainsaw. And you know, if, if you haven't seen the, you should look, it's very uh, haunting imagery. Uh, it sounds super pretentious. And uh, <laughs> it's a, I'd heard of, and I went back to, I ordered on the, uh, I would have only been 14 or 15, uh, I ordered the PS2 version. And um, I played it, I, and it was so... I don't think I've ever played a game before or since where you realize as you're going through it how special this game is and how it really... All the pieces click. You know, there's games... There's games where that's happened or, you know, come close to that. But I think in Resident Evil 4, there's something where it's just everything just works as Todd Howard would say it just works mm. and incidentally as well and this is a, a very weird thing it was a very personal thing the serenity theme music that plays when you're in the merchant uh yeah the save rooms to the sanctuary areas might be my favorite piece of video game music or music I've ever heard it's it's very it's not traditional music it's more serene it's more cerebral it's very uh calming it's very nostalgic it makes me feel kind of sad but it's a very which is i suppose that's what nostalgia is but yeah yeah the true definition of nostalgia yeah. you know since we're two geniuses we actually yeah painful memories or sorrow memories yeah. so i think it's just that that sort of feeling you got when i played it and i was i would have been very impressionable at that age when you realize you're playing something special and that doesn't happen with a lot of games, especially at that age. You, you sort of, I think, yeah. even at that age, you you do have some sort of discerning taste about what mm. is good and what isn't, or not as good. Because I don't want to be, you know, yeah. don't want to be mean, you know, spirit. David, it's okay. Some games are shit. Some games are. <laughs> and with that, I don't want to keep hogging all the time yeah. uh, talking about one game when we have potentially nine more to get through. So I will pass the the ball over to your side of the court, Adam. Yes. So, I know I said at the start, this isn't our top five list of games ever. But I have to talk about The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Now, this is my favorite game ever made. Without a shadow of a doubt. It always has been ever since I was God knows what age. I just loved it. And no matter how many other games I play, nothing has ever even come close to dethroning it. So, as I said, this was the reason why it holds such a... Such a you know, it has a nice little compartment in my heart. I have a nice little, you know, little Majora's Mask. Yeah, Majora's Mask side. Yeah, this yeah, everything. Heart. So it it was the first game I've ever I can ever remember playing. So back in the day when I was a kid, my dad, my dad and his brother bought an N sixty four, but my brother who was, or my uncle who was my dad's brother, was probably he could be 10, 12 years younger than my dad. So by the time my dad moved out. He was already, he was still living at home. So the Nintendo 64 stayed in my nana and granddad's house. So every Friday after work, my dad would go get the Nintendo 64. And he'd come home 
And me, him, my brother would play all sorts of games. But the one that I can remember the most is Majora's Mask. And I think it just holds such a special place in my heart. Obviously, the game is great. Everything about the game, I could sit here and talk about it for three hours if it's, I wanted to. It's a. I just need to jump in yeah, for a second. Yeah, I I've played Majora about halfway through to like the second dungeon. Bastard. I know. Yeah. Um, it's a very, very special game. It's not on my list, sadly. Uh, Ocarina almost made it on, but spoiler alert. Oh, really. you revisionist I know. bastards! Saying um, Majora's Mask is great now. I was there. I might have only been two or three <laughs> when I played when I first saw it, but I was there. I didn't I play Zelda games until till twenty sixteen, so I've no, yeah. no no guilt off. So, so going on from that with Majora's Mask, it was like every Easter break, me and my brother would play it, and we'd always beat it. Now, by play it, I mean I'd sit down and read the manual while he played it because I'm the younger brother. So I actually probably. Let me think, I probably only beat that game for the first time ever when I was maybe eight. Like, actually beat it myself. Every single other time before that was me reading the manual for my brother. It would basically be us getting up on a Saturday morning and we go downstairs and I'd sit in one chair reading the book and he'd just sit there and play the game. Looking back, it was uh, a bit unfair, but back in the day, I loved it. So that's definitely one of... Like that's the main reason why it's one of the like why it's just such a special game, and then for my I don't know what year it was, but my girlfriend bought me Majora's Mask on the 3DS because I never had it on the 3DS before that for my birthday, and I played through it, and even that was only three four years ago, and that game is still amazing. And By the way, I should say. 3DS version is probably the version to play, just because of the. Oh, 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 one hundred percent. Well, it, I sorry, I should. I again, I'm sorry for jumping in, but I've heard that some people are kind of torn on which version to play because apparently the 3DS one isn't the true experience. Or I, again, I haven't played the N64 version. Yeah, there, there, it does. It, it does add a few little bits that make the game easier. Yeah. But the the main feeling of just kind of impending doom is still in it. It just makes it slightly slightly more easier and manageable so from a from an accessibility point it's it's better but if you're going for a pure playthrough then no it's not but the final thing i want to say about this is so i played it on the 3ds i loved it. i got all the masks everything and then my girlfriend played it and i always so zelda games are usually very easy but my girlfriend decided that she wasn't going to collect that many hearts and she wasn't going to get the fairy sword and all these things. Classic so when she went to fight, Yeah, yeah. When she went to fight Majora, I think she had like six hearts maybe. And she couldn't beat him. And I was like, how couldn't you beat him? So then we sat there for like probably an hour trying to beat him and it was honestly like playing a Dark Souls boss. We had the normal shield, the normal sword and about six or eight hearts. But uh, eventually we beat him. And I don't know, that that's just another great memory of the game that just makes it even all the better so yeah i mean i don't really it's like like with so one of these games when you're like two or three years old it's more you're not there's not not a huge amount of critical analysis going on about the yeah uh, it's it's the, just you know, the feeling the intricacies of the memory of playing the game yeah it's uh it's just it's all just the, the experience music. and the you know yeah. the, the and the music oh the, my god 
it's incredible. Oh no, that, that dark, game. twisted game. Again, these are games we're probably starting off with games that everyone's heard of. So you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, all my all my games on my list are same all with games. My, all, mine are all ones. Well, one in particular. Well, no, we'll get to that. But yeah, they're, they're all games that are kind of mainstream and everyone's played, but they just yeah. or at least they've they heard of them or aware of yeah. them. Yeah. So, with Majora's Mask out of the way. David, your second game. Well, thank you very much. I will do a, do you a solid and do the same thing. Where this next game is actually probably my favorite game of all time, and that is Crash Bandicoot Three Warped. Very specifically, oh, the PS One oh, version. Oh, you're going somewhere else. Oh no! Oh, uh, subvert your expectations. Specifically, the PS One version. Very specifically, I need to say that um, because. Crash Bandicoot, as we know, PlayStation 1 series of platformers, rivaling Mario, outselling Mario, my beloved Sonic as well. Um, yep. <laughs> Crash 3 Warped, I think, wasn't the first game I ever played, but the first game I played that really you stuck with, you know? Like, you've played, I played a bunch of other games before, but they're, yeah. you really get into it you really think about it you really work through it and it's a it's a platformer as i said 3d platformer it's more the the crash style of gameplay is for a long time people used to dunk on it because every childhood game everyone has to dunk on all my childhood games for some reason because uh, i had the audacity of not being a nintendo kid um, you had, yeah you had the audacity of, of uh, being Sega, a Sonic fanboy yeah yeah um so it's they're more akin to the Mario games if they were literally brought brought into 3D as opposed to the way that Mario games actually went to 3D. Yeah. Uh, they're you know more linear, uh, more lots of collectibles. It's it's a very. I, I'll be the first to admit that the third game in the series is there's a lot of you know gimmicks or quote unquote gimmicks. You know, there's a lot of vehicle level stuff that you wouldn't find that is sort of endemic to the platform three D platformer genre where yep. by the third game they usually are running out of ideas and they're doing all sorts of weird stuff. I, I, I understand the it's again it's sort of like with Resident Evil 4 where the, the some of these games are so essential to me and so you know core to my being to be uh weird about it that i can't even put it into words what it's like it's just it's your childhood game you know that's all i can say yeah. about it it's it's very no, it's great it's yeah I, it's a game i replay at least once a year sometimes twice a yeah. year and yeah, I, I've, I, I've the same memories with crash tree it was just one of them games that i had and i play constantly and i should say as well the, the, what i was saying there the, specifically the ps1 version because that's the version i played when i was young but also, the remasters that came out the Insane Trilogy, great. I really liked them. But when you play Crash 3 on the remaster, it's kind of evident that they sort of ran out of time. It's the glitchiest out of the three. Obviously, the infamous pillbox, where Crash, in the original series, uh, Crash, his his hitbox was a rectangle. Or like a, you know, um, uh, not a cube. What's the yeah? Like a, it. It was uh, straight edges. Yeah, straight edges. Whereas in the remake, it's a pill shape. So you, you know, there's little niggle niggling things in the remake that don't quite match up to the original. And visually, 
Crash 3 is just stunning and, you know, was stunning even back yeah. at the time. So it's 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 quite the game. That's all I can say. And very easy to get. Well, you can get it on PS1, PS3. You can get the... Play re- on your Vita. You play on your Vita, your, your beloved Vita. It's... I didn't get it with the remaster. The remaster's great, but, uh, you know, you always got to go with the OG, so... I would not agree with that, but uh, that, that's another topic for another. Ano- for a topic another for day. another day, a battle yes. for another week. Oh. Okay, so is that all your thoughts on uh, Crash Three? Oh, we could do a whole episode gushing about Crash Three. So no, don't we'll, worry, uh, we will. Uh, yeah, At so some we'll, stage. we'll. Uh, I think I'll park that for now and let you take on your second game. Okay, so my second game. And these, my first two games here were two that, the second that I thought about this list, they were the two that were instantly on it. The other, number three, four, five, were maybes, and I had, you know, a list of probably five others that could have made it in, but this one, this one was there from the start, and that is Ratchet and Clank on the PlayStation 2. So, this game again, it's just, just I'm, I'm assuming it's the same with Crash 3, where it was just... Just one of them kid games that Just everyone that game played. Play, and, yeah. yeah, and everybody loved it. And I remember in school, my friends would my friends were telling me about this game. They never told me the title, but they were talking about this game of this like man that had a robot and you have guns and you shoot things. And I was like, Wow, that game sounds amazing. But I pictured Ratchet as a man and not a furry creature. So this was a pretty regular, well, not a regular occurrence because Final Fantasy games only came out so often. So my dad used to love Final Fantasy. So whenever a new Final Fantasy game would come out, he'd go out and buy it. But he'd always try and sneak out and buy it because he knows that if I see him buying, buying a game, then he'll have to buy me a game. And considering I already got enough games that like across the year, uh, I'm sure he was probably just fed up of buying me games. But one night my dad came home from work and he was like, oh, I was talking to my brother about Final Fantasy. I think it could have been, it was 10 or 10 2. I don't know. I don't know the release dates of either. So I think it was 10 like or 10 2. two yeah, 2001 yeah. or something. Yeah, something like that. So then he was trying to sneak over to GameStop to get it. But obviously, you know, me being a little crafty little, crafty little devil, crafty I, little I, I snuffed him out. Yeah, and I, I, I got across and, you know, I got across that. You have to buy me a game. So we went over to GameStop and I saw this box art in, in GameStop and I just looked at it and was like, wow, that looks cool. So so I decided I'd buy that. And this was probably like, if my dad got home from work, it was probably half five or six o'clock. So by the time I got home, like this was 2000 and early 2000s. So like I would have had a really early bedtime. So by the time I got home, my mom told me I could play a level or two and I just sat there and I played the first level I was like wow this is really cool and then I got onto the the level you know the level with the trees in it and the lumberjack robots yeah I think they do I haven't yeah. played it nearly as much as you have I never actually yeah but, but but I got onto that level and I remember just looking at the graphics I was like oh my god this is these are the, the best graphics I've ever seen and it was just everything about the game but I just absolutely loved Obviously, I could go on and talk about the game, but to be honest, I, I'm trying to more talk about the memories of them. So, it was just... I just... That, that's it. That's just the game. 
It's like it spawned one of the best and probably one of the most successful gaming franchises in the world. Just because it, yeah, it's, it's some it's... furry ro- furry thing in a robot and then furry and a robot, all the guns yeah. and all the just everything. That's sort of the insomniac characters. sort of snark and yeah. charm to it. It's a great. Like just, don't think. Yeah, I'm saying this as a, as someone who didn't play. I played the original when I was small, but I didn't. I only got like halfway, and I never. It never clicked with me until I played Retro Gladiator, which is an extraordinary. Um, yeah, that is the best. It's the best game, or Ratchet Deadlocked, as the Americans would call them. Yeah. Um, yeah we never got the up your arsenal or anything. Yeah, we never got no, the cool yeah. the cool we'll titles. Just, we just got Ratchet One, Two, Ratchet and Three. One, two and three. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a there's a very interesting dynamic between uh, Ratchet and Clank because. Yeah, Ratchet's kind of a jackass, you know. He's kind of because yeah. they all they both hate each other, and then yeah. it's kind of very toxic, and he's kind of a yeah. douche, and you know he's kind of into weird sleazy stuff. It's really um, it's really cool. Yeah, and in the remake, we they all want to Yeah, you know. I did like the remake though. I actually prefer the remake. Yeah, no, no, the, no, the remake, the the remake's unbelievable, but just I I gotta stick with the that, OG, that... hey. Yeah, yeah. I I think the thing that got me. That like was the most memorable was just the the kind of charm and the the humor of the game. So yeah. like just little things like Skid McMarks being a character. Like I remember hearing that I was like oh, Skid Marks, <laughs> and it's all just stupid little jokes like that. And it's it's like these are these are fully grown men working on games, but and it's it's just... a it's a very uh, as weird as it sounds. It's like a very economic, very, very like it's a very biting sort of critique of capital like that sort of corporate capital yeah, yeah. with all that you know i have to buy everything all the again i've played it in a very long while so but you know everything is well once you know, played one ratchet game you played them all yeah so well, everything if, if everything is for if sale if you ain't broke don't fix it <laughs> so that was my second game we're actually making good time here so uh, we might yeah, we might yeah. actually make five games each yeah so. i think we could yeah it's because yeah, you know, um, well, we'll keep the train going with. Uh, I'll I'll jump into something more, quote unquote, serious. This is a game, of course, again that needs no introduction. That is a game called Dark Souls. Dark Souls is my college game. When I was <laughs> the first year of college, yeah, you know, guys, yeah. they're golden. I know. When I was in first year of college, or when we were in first year of college, we, yeah. me and David, uh, both done economics, politics, and law in Dublin City University. So just just in case you wanted just to know case, that, just in case you wanted to know, yeah, let the audience in on everything. looking on LinkedIn to see what we did. Yeah, yeah, we've hit it. Go on, hit it big. Dark Souls is a action role playing game. Of course, again, feels really weird explaining all these extremely common and well known uh, games to people who clearly already know. So, um, or more like most likely know. Well, I should hope that everyone listening to this uh, actually. Enjoys just, playing games and because then yeah. you're just kind of wasting your time. Just gonna say, I'm gonna take a swig. We'll probably just cut this part out. I just need to because I can already hear the uh, no, we're not cutting it out. Take that swig. And they were really, really exaggerated. <sighs> yeah, there we go. There you go. This is fine. True, this is podcast. true professionalism. It's like yes. you're listening to the symphony orchestra. Uh, okay, so Dark Souls is my college game. Uh, we had a lot of free time in college. Missed yep. those days. Uh, so I would just play Dark Souls, as you do in college. And it was... I originally... I played Demon's Souls first, 
which is also a great game. But Demon Souls is Dark Souls is longer. There's more depth to it. There's more stuff in it. It's just generally altogether more refined. It's the classic, you know, video game sequel. It's the Sonic Two to the Sonic One. It's the Crash Three to the Crash One. It's the you know Mario Three, all that sort of stuff. It's a monster of a game. It's obviously very famous for its difficulty, but it's I I went through two stages with this game. With, as I do with all the Souls games. Like I said, I started with Demon Souls, played it up to the second level, the Terror Knight, and I couldn't beat him. So I was like, ah, I'm done with this, and I put it away. Same thing happened with Dark Souls. Got up to yep. around the, oh, I'd say around 20 hours in, and I said, you know, okay, I get this. I'm like, I'm done. I came back a while later and thought I'd give it another go. And it clicked. I got through it. You stick through it. It's it's like a meat grinder, but yep. you eventually yeah, learn to exactly love the pain. Yeah, me. and and then you conquer the game. And in fact, I'm uh, proud to say I have the platinum for it. I I need to go back and get yeah, the platinum. Yeah, which are which are Excel spreadsheet. My Excel spreadsheet, which I have to admit I didn't make. I always joke that I made an Excel spreadsheet to get the trophy. I actually got that on PSTrophies.org or wherever. Um, yeah, David. David is a trophy hunter. I'm a trophy hunter. Yeah, that that's another thing. I'm. I've 19 Platinums and I enjoy getting the odd trophy and when, when I feel like it, I get a Platinum. But David is a complete crazed lunatic, lunatic of a trophy. Can hunter. I just say, February or January of this year, I had 64 Platinums. I currently now have 82 Platinums. Nerd! That's all, like, I've just, it's just, it's an addiction. But I'll, once I hit 100... No, it's not going to stop. It will see, yeah. Um, <laughs> but It just won't. Once I hit 100, I just want this to be my 5,000 trophy. <laughs> no, seriously. No, look, look. I just want this game to be my 100 platinum and then I'll stop. No, never going to happen. Well, I might as well embrace it at this stage. At least I'm not going for... Ju- oh, no, we're getting off. We're... Yeah, I am Mayo uh, platinum. Yeah, we could do look, a whole again... Said, Look, as they used to say back in the day, this is a conversational podcast. That's true. Yeah. It, it's the 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 nature, the organic nature of conversation. Yep. Yeah. Too professional. Look, if you want if you want professional thoughts on games, we will give you them here. But if you want nice and edited, you could go check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash a random string of numbers because I haven't set up a URL. But the channel name is Adzi Gaming. A D Z I space gaming. So uh, you saw your opportunity for for and reviews. Uh, branding and YouTube. shameless plug. Well, it's not branding considering it's our sh- podcast. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So, but how Dark did Souls. we get away from Dark Souls? Back on Jeez. track, Holy Dark Souls. <laughs> it's like, um, well, again, like you can't really see the last two games are the ones that are going to be you know real stuff to say. But Dark Souls is, well, it's it's as everyone knows, it's incredible. But you know, it's a very it's fair the genre for ninety percent of the time. Definitely, yeah. it's it has a lot of parallels to the Castlevania series, which I adore. I love the Castlevania series. It's plenty uh, of Celtic mythology as well. Absolutely, I love that. Uh, I Shamai. It's a the, the obviously the memory being the college game, and I've since realized how influential it really has been and how it, it took a lot of the Castlevania tropes and, and sort of you know ascended it to the next level. It's funny as well. I played it so many times now. You can actually 
if if I do say so myself, I can actually beat the shite out of that game. Like I'm just I just destroy it when I play it now because I'm so good. But um, yeah, I'm the same with Dark Souls too. Yeah, well, Dark Souls two is the and... best Dark Souls game. All I can do is very loudly exhale into the mic. Look, someday we'll do Dark Souls one versus Dark Souls two podcast. <sighs> we'll uh, we'll prevent 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 present our argument. Look, the Majula team in Dark Souls 2 is the best piece of music in any Dark Souls game. Okay. Someone's probably getting turned on by that. So, um... <laughs> okay. Before... Okay. That's us. <laughs> One more time. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'll leave, I'll leave Dark Souls with that so that we can keep our, uh, our punctuality yeah, we keep, train we going. Keep some... some uh... Some, some straight and narrow path going somewhere. Okay, so I'm guessing I'm taking. Oh, do you know what? I'm I'm taking the mic now. Um, see, my next two games. I don't know which one I want to talk about. To be honest, I but I think I'm gonna talk about the game. Kind of brought co-op into my mind. Obviously, I had Goldeneye back in the day. I played a bit of co-op, but you know the N60. I I wasn't really a big fan of Goldeneye back in the day. So that's another thing for another story or another story for another day, should I say. So the next game is Lord of the Rings Return of the King on the PS2. So Lord of the Rings, obviously massive, massive franchise, easily one of, by the way, series never, uh, never watched or read. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the Adam podcast. So I'm practically going to be silent for this. So I'll, uh, I'll leave the, so, so, so the Lord of the Rings, the two towers on the PS2. That was a uh, that game is also very good. They're actually they're very similar games. I'm assuming they're made by the same developer, EA something to do with EA. So both of them games are great. And Lord of the Rings, two towers. I always thought it was co-op, but it it isn't. I I thought I had a memory of playing a co-op, but it wasn't. So then we go on to Lord of the Rings: Return of the King, and this is kind of. I'd say this is the first game that I can remember playing properly co-op, just constantly. And I'd usually play it with my cousin Ada, which is a bit of a meme. If anyone get used to that hearing knows that, that guys. meme, get used to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if anyone knows that meme, if anyone here is listening that knows it, then yeah, haha, you're so funny. Probably laughing at so, your ass off right now. Yeah. So this is, so it's just a game that I have a very fond memory of playing with my cousin Ada. And me and him are very good friends. And my cousin Ada. So we'd play them games. We'd play Lord of the Rings. And obviously I love Lord of the Rings. Well not obviously because no one actually knows. So I've read all the books. Well I've read The Hobbit and the trilogy. I tried to read The Silmarillion but it's you know. It's a bit wishy-washy. Wish yeah it's a little. Um, I've just owed myself as a complete liar. Since I'm about to comment on this. But uh, I've looked at bits <laughs> of it. And I'm like. Uh, Mm-hmm. yeah okay i will read it i will get back to it but so the game itself is just it's it's a licensed game but it's it's a really it's a really well-made licensed game and they have just little transitions where it goes from full motion video from the from the actual movies and then they turn into their 3d playstation 2 models that looks a bit weird but it was pretty cool for the time so yeah, I think Lord of the Rings just kind of the, the Return Return of the King just kind of opened my eyes to co-op and what co-op could be, and I have countless memories of playing that game co- co-op. 
So was there I just need to ask, was there is this the same was there one that was online and then they turned the servers off and now you can't play it anymore? A Lord of the Rings game. Well, the only two Lord of the Rings no, the three Lord of the Rings online games I can think of are Lord of the Rings Conquest, which was made by uh Pandemic. They're the guys who make oh, the uh, original Battlefront and Saboteur. Yeah, so so it's basically it's basically uh Battlefront but with Lord of the Rings characters and you know, you have a mage, a rogue, an archer and a and a warrior, and they're like your the, the classes. Pretty cool. So I'm assuming the servers are down for that since pandemic where close where Yeah, yeah. There's definitely one that again, because I'm a, a trophy yeah. guy, uh there's one that's and then you know, you can't yeah. the next one the next one would probably be the MOBA. Right. And uh, I'm assuming the servers are down for that. Actually, don't. And we're then if, educator if you're talking audience, about, I'm just gonna, oh. I'll Google it and just to. Yeah. You can. Sorry, if you want. I'll, I'll just fill the air. Just fill the area. Dead air is a crime. Yes. So. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, great franchise. Return of the King was a very good game. Jeez, you call that fill in the air? Was it two seconds? Jesus. Pregnant pause. Not no. the world typist here. Hang on. Lord of the Rings on... Oh, who cares? Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, because I think the MMO is still up. Yeah. Lord of the Rings Conquest servers are definitely down. Uh, I'm assuming the MOBAs are down as well. So they're the only three online games. But uh, there's not really much more to say about Lord of the Rings Return of the King other than it's a great co-op game that I have great memories of playing with my cousin Ada. So, uh, we're actually making good time still. Yeah, so only so, two left David, for me. I'll hand you over to right. your... Fourth game. No, oh, your fourth game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ah, grand. Grand. So... I can hear my voice going already. Ugh. So, wait till you get to the four. Oh, okay, we're good. Okay. Now, this game is the only one out of the five. That's very nice. Love that. The only one out of the five that's probably going to get raised eyebrows here we go so here we go the fourth game is sonic or sonic r say or because i'm irish so sonic r (laughs) go on you just (laughs) (laughs) you know what let's just skip it okay no no um... no 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 no. No, sonic or is uh it's a race it's a sonic game I really like the Sonic yes. series, which is ironic because it's, it's uh, a spin-off game. Um, the OR stands for racing. So Sonic R originally was on the Saturn, the Sega Saturn, and it was made by Traveler's Tales, who later went Very on to... They, they made uh, they made Sonic 3D Blast, and they went on to make... Um, Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2, and they made the Lego games, and they're a very prolific developer. Um, so they made... They also made the Crash games later on the PS2. So, or uh, Wait, which ones did they make? They made Twin Sanity. Uh, 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 made, uh... Oh, Eurocom made uh, Wrath of Cortex, I think. Ah, so he's like we finished these others. I know, yeah. Well, we've keep we've been you keeping our marriage deeper sentence. for seven months. <laughs> uh, yeah, Eurocom also made uh, some other. They made another game that was really. Um... Ah, I don't know. Uh, so, Sonic R is a was originally on the Saturn. We never obviously never played it on the Saturn. We played it on the PC of all places. Um Sonic Or is quite I love the alternate between R and Or constantly as well. 
Sonicor is a there's it's very memed, very memed. Uh, as the like whole a, Sonic franchise, as is. the whole Sonic franchise is, but this is on like another level of memeness. Uh, you know the 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 soundtrack, which you either love or hate. You can li- you can just listen to "Can You Feel the Sunshine," which is the song of the first race course, and you'll know within thirty seconds if it's a soundtrack that you like or not. You're either going to love it or think it's the worst thing ever. I personally think it's fantabulous. That's you know, but uh, this is going to sound weird. The gameplay is not really the not the big important deal here. It's not actually a very long game. You can beat the game in like twenty five minutes, and you can do a completionist run like eighty minutes. I more this is the one game on the list that's very strong with the nostalgia and the memories. This is the one that has the most of a story attached to it. We when I was small, the first two Sonic games I ever played was Sonic One and Sonic R. And there was a very long gap after that, and then I played Shadow of the Hedgehog. So that's a very strange way to get into the <laughs> series. And I watched like three of the TV shows. So I was, I was, I was very used to this idea that there were multiple Sonics and different versions of Sonics, which is why I never throw a tantrum like a lot of the other fans do and ever say you do something new. Although recently, uh, I just can't do it anymore. Um, <laughs> so Sonic Or is a 3D Sonic game. Came out in 1997 originally. It was the first 3D Sonic game ever. That, you know, the Sonic Adventure came out in 1998 and 1999 in the West, which is the actual first mainline 3D Sonic game. But Sonic Aura is technically the very first uh, 3D Sonic game. And that came out, if I have my facts right. And it's... There's something about the... That sort of very polygonal, sort of early 3D style. I think it suits the Sonic series so well, because even back in the old 2D games... If you look at Green Hill Zone, they have the the weird, very triangular and squarey yeah. sort of. It's it's like they were planning for this, and it has a very retro nostalgic aesthetic that I really, even when I was small, I used to love. And the sound effects, it's so it's such a weird sort of warm feeling when you play it. It's it's a like the. As weird as it sounds, because again, the gameplay isn't, I'll be the first to admit, as far as racing games go. It's nowhere near as bad as everyone's, like as people, some people say. But it's, I'm, this is more on the lines of the style of the game over the substance of the game. Uh, and when we played it, uh, we, this is the funny story that we had where we didn't know who Knuckles was. We just called him the red guy, or the red fella. Um, <laughs> The red fecker. The red fecker. <laughs> and um, with his dreadlocks. Um, and when we watched uh, Sonic X when it came out, uh, my brother and I, we I remember we saw the intro to it. We were all, we've only been like five or six. And we saw Knuckles in the intro. And we're like, oh, there he is. There he is. Like, it, we were like, oh, we're going to find out about this weirdo. So um, <laughs> as, as the, red such a, the red fella is here. Finally. Uh, so it's it's such a weird, um, wacky sort of um, what's the word? Wacky sort of story, and it's such a it's such a small scale sort of very small sort of origin story for to get into a series. It's not like a grand epic, like oh, I was there waiting constantly for. I was just I grew up. We had this game on PC, and the very iconic, the old fashioned. If anyone in the UK or Ireland probably remember the explosive like XPL OS V and Extravision, all these places, that sort of old packaging like it's very nostalgic very iconic 
Um, and that's really, it's, it's the music, the visuals. And this is the thing I'll, this with Sonic R, I'll just end with this. I think the biggest tragedy of the entire series, the gameplay wise, was there was never a 3D Sonic game with that sort of retro style, that 32-bit style. They jumped from 16-bit to Sonic Adventure, which, you know, at the time had very good graphics. Even still, if you, in certain ways, it looks good, but... Yeah, no, it do- certainly doesn't look bad. Yeah, it's like for 1998. No, it's very, yeah, it's... Yeah. Um, I just wish that they had done that, because there's something I would love to explore. Well, a lot of early 3D games, and this actually leads into the ne- the final game, but those early 3D graphics are very... If they're done right, I think um, it lands well with Sonic because it's already so cartoony and angular, but I, I definitely think there's something there that you don't get with the more modern stuff. So, you know, that's really all I can say. That one's very a little more wishy-washy, I'll admit, but it's it's very heavy on the nostalgia and the memories. Look, and the... There's no there's no wishy-washiness. There's no prerequisites for this list. It's just whatever. It's just pure whatever. love. It's what the heart... Yeah. You know what? What the, where your it heart? Isn't, it isn't the Sonic game that you you remember. It's the one your heart always knew it to be. <laughs> I I admit that from the. Uh, that's not my line. It's from the GameStop, the GameSpot Final Fantasy VII remake review. But again, no. I've stated this uh, podcast. Right. I'll move on to you before I get this gets even more awkward. Yes. So the fourth or penultimate game on my list. Ooh, fancy. Is. Pokemon Pearl slash Pokemon Platinum. Jesus Christ. Can't stand what? Pokemon. No, I'm jo- I'm actually joking. I've never played Pokemon game. I played Pearl for like yeah. five hours. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, so my story with this is when I was a kid, I loved watching the, the, the cartoon or anime as some might call it. As the weebs might call it. The weebs. I was so, a Yu-Gi-Oh guy, I guess. So. Yeah. Well, you are a weeb, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 So... Yeah, so I used to watch the anime as a kid, and I never liked the games. I could never get into them. I remember I had Pokemon Blue on the Game Boy Color, and it used to be in the drawer where we kept all of our crisps. And crisps, for any of the Americans listening, are uh, your version of chips. Potato chips. So it was always there. And I remember my cousins used to play it. Not my cousin Ada, and different cousins. So I remember my cousins used to play it. And I just, I, I just never could get into it, even though I loved the cartoon. And then, this is when my cousin Edo comes back into it. So I went to his house one day, and he was playing Pokemon Diamond. And he was like, Adam, this game is unbelievable. Seriously, you have to play it. And he showed me a save file. He had like 125 hours in the game. Which, I mean, fair enough, it was a great game. Well, actually, loads of people think Diamond and Pearl are pretty average, but then Platinum fixed a lot with it, which it definitely did. But, so, that that's... That's how I got introduced to this game. He was like, oh yeah, it's really good. I was like, no, no, Pokemon's crap. Real crap. I don't want to play that. Then eventually he convinced me and I got Pokemon Pearl. And I remember just playing it. And I I honestly can't think of a game from like that that era. Like say, when, when did that game come out? Maybe 2004 or 2005, is it? I, I, I maybe, I don't know. Wrong. It's all just yeah, like I, I, it, it's around, it's from 2000 to 2010. So it was around there somewhere. Oh, it might be 20, yeah. So, uh... I'll check. Yeah, yeah, you check there. So, I remember when I got the game, and from that, like, from that time in my life, I can't remember putting that much time into a game in such a short amount of time. Like, a short space of time. I I beat the game really quickly, and, like, 
2006 just for uh, 2006 yeah i had a feeling it was there hmm. so i beat the game really quickly and then i quickly got to like 80 or 100 hours in the game and then i realized why my cousin was so into the game and then that kind of spawned a love of pokemon that i never really had and i still have to this day but i think like hard gold and soul silver came out and they were absolutely fantastic like they're probably my favorite pokemon games but i think pearl and platinum kind of have a different spot in my heart but uh from there like i've played loads of the spin-offs and loads of the games and i know so many pokemon and it's just such a great franchise and that was the game that got me into it properly and, and i have to say as well yeah. you do have several videos on pokemon don't you or several I have a single video on... Didn't you do uh, the JRPG a month and everything? Oh, yeah, I did. I have two Jeez, videos. Jeez, do you not even remember your own videos? It's pathetic, Adam. I have, I have two videos on Pokemon, if you want to what go check them out. What are you doing? Uh, it's uh, called Pokemon Sword and Shield Doesn't Deserve the Hate and Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX uh, Review 1JRPG a month on the Switch, something like that. You'll find yeah. it when you find my YouTube this channel. This is a sad showing, Adam. <laughs> I just need to say so. so yeah, with, with, I've never. I actually, I did play Pearl when we were on holiday in Turkey once, and uh, we um, on an airport card, and uh, it. I actually got really addicted to it. It was a lot of fun, but I, again, I only played for like six hours. Something I'm done with this. I should. I yeah. I actually have the new ones, Pokemon Shield, and um. Oh, the actually. Yeah, yeah, I got it for Christmas. Oh, I've just never. Oh, I tried. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's on. I tried mine in. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it just kind of spawned the love of Pokemon that got me into the franchise. And then I went back and played, I remember, in America, in GameStop. They sold Game Boy games, and I was amazed by it. So I bought Leaf Green and Ruby, I think, and played them. And then I just kind of played all of them, mostly up until Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon and Sword and Shield. And then, in recent years, it's just kind of been... I'll play them for 20 hours, think they're good, and then never finish them. Yeah, they start so to work together from what yeah, I Yeah, yeah, I think, I think either it's just because they haven't fixed the formula or, or haven't upgraded the formula or it's just I've just grown out of them, which mm. it's more than likely I've just grown out of them. So they were good games. They still are. Sword and Shield are still okay games, but yeah, uh, that's... There's definitely something. It's a very interesting sort of franchise and sort of multimedia empire. It's um the largest multimedia franchise in the world. Yeah, yeah. It's just so weird that I missed out on a lot of these. Not missed out. Like yeah. I, I came into kind of, I watched the anime and all. We had the first volumes of VHS or whatever. But we just seem to have ducked into the most to always the sort of the Pepsi's as opposed to the Coke. You know, we to the Sega and the Yu Gi Oh and the sort of the Sonic and the well Sonic was obviously way better. Chef Ketchup over Heinz and Ketchup. yeah, yeah. The uh, cheese popcorn over non cheese popcorn. The list goes on and on, David. I don't know why we're even friends. Do you know what? This is the end. Goodbye. This is it. It's can. It's all yeah, canceled. Playback is canceled. Okay. Back it's on track, David. Your okay. Final game. The final I'd game. Say, yes. I wonder if you can even guess this, but uh, you probably can. I, what platform is it on? PC. Half Life. You are correct. Specifically, the original. Not the remake. Um, uh, nothing wrong with the remake. I played it when it was the original early with, uh, without the HD text. Without the, without the HD res. Yeah. You have to play it on Windows uh, 
2000 Windows Windows uh, trackball mouse and... yeah no it's okay so <laughs> joking aside though Half-Life 1 this is actually the easiest game but like by far to play by the way because it's like 2 cent on Steam and it runs on a cardboard box oh no you you gifted it to me I have yeah, it I, did, I actually yeah. downloaded yeah, it I just haven't it, played yeah. it yet yeah as I'll well do a as video like, on that go to my YouTube channel Adzy Gaming yes absolutely we should do a call yeah but uh, Half-Life is probably out of the five, the Sonic or Resident Evil 4, Dark Souls, Crash 3, Half-Life. Debatably, the most influential out of the five. Resident Evil 4 and Dark Souls are probably, you know... Yeah, close, I'd say... But I'd say you, you could, yeah, you could probably make an argument for Dark Souls being... Uh, but that's more like it's created more of a uh, yeah a, a genre a sub- yeah. Than, whereas Half-Life yeah. is like a seismic for anyone who isn't aware and this one I probably there probably are more people if you're more console centric you won't fully appreciate this but before when Half-Life came out a lot of first Half-Life's first person shooter of course made by Valve uh, of course totally sold out with Steam so um, they didn't sell out they're just geniuses they just making millions care. yeah I know yeah but um Where's the passion, bro? Uh, David, if someone turned around and said, look, you can do some stuff that isn't making a podcast, even though this is our first ever episode, and we'll give you millions of millions of dollars, but you can never make another podcast, I'm taking the millions. I'd probably sell out in like two seconds, yeah. Oh, but, yeah, 100%. But... Oh, no, yeah, it's just... So, when they made the first Half-Life, so... It, Ha- Valve was originally made by people who worked at Microsoft, Gabe Newell, you know, Lord Gabe and all. And it it be- be- when Half Life came out, before Half Life came out, a lot of first person shooters were like you know called Doom clones. They're like Doom or Quake, where it's very run and gun, very arcadey, running around, blowing stuff up. Half Life is a lot more slow paced, especially at the start. It's slow paced and it's. It's a uh, more story focused. It's very famous for it. not necessarily its story, but the way it tells its story. Because the story is pretty much just a glorified version of Doom's story. You know, the cla- it, it has one of the most iconic openings of any video game ever made, with the you know the experiment going wrong. But it's it's the thing about Half Life that it's different from the other games is that if you judge it in a modern context, the game's not very good. Yeah. If it, if it just came out today, you probably would have a hard time recommending it because it's so influential that so many games afterward took what it did and improved upon it. As opposed to like, let's say Dark Souls or Resident Evil 4, like, you know, obviously you can move and shoot and some of the turbulence, but in a lot of ways they still hold up really well because they did everything so well at the time that, uh, See, I don't want. I'm not. I don't mean to make this sound like Half Life is not good because it's a fantastic game today. And the way the remake, critically and commercially, is doing so well, the fan remake is obviously proof that it's a quality game. But what I'm trying to get at is that the mechanics of Half Life, the the way it tells its story, because it's so influential, the way most shooters operate now or did for a very long time, it's so. It's just a juggernaut of a game, and. It's the way it tells its story. It's a lot more show, don't tell. You know, you can go into it taking as much of the story in as you want. Or the gunplay. Wait, 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 wait. Can I? Yeah. J- just about the story. I know, obviously, this isn't a discussion about the games itself. Oh no, I'm. I'm but are you? Ta- absolutely... I, I, no, are you talking about the story? Kind of 
molded what Call of Duty and Medal of Honor and things like that would I think become? well yeah I think it's it's it started the trend that ultimately taken to their extreme or taking yeah yeah like, yeah shit. yeah and by the way I just want to say as well I think there's a I sometimes really love sitting down and playing a mindless well not mindless I, again I don't want to be mean spirited about it, but I think there is a place for that type of follow the objective just do what the game tells you sometimes that's just what yeah. you want to do but and Half-Life is way more for, like way more open-ended in that sense where sometimes you sometimes even need a, a guide to know where to go it's definitely like it's from 1998 so in some aspects it does first person platforming there is definitely aspects to it that are very 1998 um so it's it's taken it's it's since been over uh, eclipsed, I think, by its sequel, and you know, all the sort of the hype around, sort of the sort of story surrounding, like the the meta, like the outside real world story of Half Life and the Half Life Three and all that. I never, when I first played Half Life Two, I remember hating it, like really hating it, because it wasn't like Half Life One. That's another thing. It's like with uh, Resident Evil Five to Four. If you played two, and I know Adam, I think you're one of those people. If you, if you played two and didn't like it, and it puts you off one. One is a totally different game. I hated two when I first played because it, it wasn't like one. Until I, after a while, I went back to two and I understood that it, yeah. what it was trying I, to I do. As opposed, I wouldn't to say one. I hate. Yeah, it but, didn't but I wouldn't say you. I hate two. It's it's just it's. Do you want to hear another uh, gulp of water? You ready? Yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah, go on. Lovely. <sighs> oh, that was on sync. But uh, I think. The thing that got me with Half Life Two was that I've kind of gotten. I I think when I played it, I was fed up of that kind of you know, oh you're gonna have a twenty five minute opening cutscene where they're gonna show an yeah. explosion again like with, with Half Life Two. Yeah, that's the. It's funny to think back that that's the game that really started that, in the sense that like if because Half Life Two is from two thousand and four, uh, and obviously with the source physics and engine, and all it was very technologically revolutionary but it's they kind of gave up the thing about half-life 2 is they kind of gave up on the uh the shooter part it was more about a first person adventure game and obviously it's a first person shooter but the gunplay kind of sucks in half-life 2 in my opinion anyways and it's more about the story and the characters and the experience of it whereas half-life 1 is still very much focused on gunplay and again some people yeah. it, the gunplay isn't uh anything super special you know i wouldn't go there specifically for the game but it's more the way it melds its story has it it's quite a long game as so it's like 20 hours long um and it, it like with resident evil 4 so you wait wait half-life it. one is 20 hours long something like that on your first playthrough oh, if God you know what you're Jesus doing you can no. get it in like seven oh, or eight hours no. yeah david i don't think you I don't, do you know what you talking about this game has yeah. never made me want to play the game less or has never dissuaded me more from why playing why, the game, why, why what's what's the what's the hang-up well you just said you were just going on about how you know. Well, if you play Half Life One and you oh, take no, it no, in the no, modern no, no, context, it's... sorry, sorry, that's like what I was saying earlier though. But if if you, it, the fact that that's the case is like a testament to its quality because it's so influential. In that sense, like if you if you took the exact nineteen ninety eight game, completely unchanged, and just it was a new game releasing today, not called Half Life, but a game exactly like Half Life, not like the remake, but you know. It would just be like, oh, you know. I probably haven't explained that as appropriately as I should have. It's like you simply just need to play it to understand. It's a very 
important game. And it's it's just it's stark. It's it's uh it's it sort of transcends the other four games on the list because this is uh this is it's just a tour de force. And also, and this is the biggest thing, I really like the graphics. And this is the weird <laughs> this is the this is the uh, weird thing because it's very blocky, sort of late nineties. But like with Sonic R and all, there's something really I think nostalgic and cool about the graphics. Uh, it's a so I think it's based on the Quake engine, and it's famous as well for its the modding community. Valve's always been great with the mods. Yeah. Uh, they hunger, great one. You should all play. Uh, obviously Counter Strike was a mod. Team Fortress was a mod. Day Defeat was a mod. Um. A lot of the stuff that you know we take for granted today are all you know Half Life mods, so or started out as Half Life mods. So all I can say is that, and and of course, the, with the what the meaning to me, why I care about it so much is I played it very similarly with Sonic Gore. We played it when we were really small. I was using the arrow keys and everything like a like a doofus, um, <laughs> and it's you just the memories of it and the expansion packs are all great. Like it's just such a I'm actually really crestfallen now that I I think you, I I may have may have sabotaged. I think I'm what I'm happy to say is I don't think I'm blowing sand up anyone's backside. Like I'm being honest, where you know I'm I'm really want you to. Yeah. It's I don't want to or say it's definitely it's a game it's from the 1998. Best shooter ever, man. Yeah, it's I definitely think it stands up perfectly well today, but it is from 1998. Especially the last quarter of the game where you go to the alien world, very infamous because of the first person platforming, the weird gravity. That is where it starts to kind of suck a bit. Um. But the first third, like, it, the pacing is so... Like, it starts off very slow. It's more like a survival horror game, but then it turns into more of an exploration game. So it's a, you know, you're going to new locations. Then in uh, the third quarter, it's more like a full-on shooter. You're fighting the military. It's just... The pacing is great. It's like what Resident Evil 4 with the pacing. There's so much unique level design. Everything is... You're constantly doing something different. Uh, I just think with the last quarter, which I will be telling you, does kind of suck. Um... To the point where you should almost would half consider just stopping after the first two alien levels and they're just watching the rest on YouTube or just watch the ending. Um, that's <laughs> even I'm being totally inc- even more incentive to play the game, yeah. No, you really should play. I'm just you know, um, you see, I respect the game so much that I'm willing to talk about it on such a primordial, like critical level, like that's really disgusting, but um, yeah, that's uh. That's the one I probably have the most complex feel, like most of, like you could really let's discuss this um, game. But uh, Adam, if you don't play it, your ass is grass because you're really, you're really like, like this is like, Maybe, look, look, that's a tra- like that's a travesty if you don't play it. Like that's a travesty, a travesty, not a catastrophe, a travesty, which is on another level. One day. One day. I'm actually upset now. The, the, the but that day, that day won't be anytime soon, especially since you just told me that it's twenty hours long. Well, um, no, hang on. Sorry, hang on. Okay, that's that's it's park and reverse here, or uh, yeah, it's the Americas, isn't it? Yeah, park and then so reverse. Clutch it. So on your first playthrough, might be around that. But if you know what you're doing, it's like six. Well, no, it wouldn't be that short. Uh, sort of around ten hours, maybe. You definitely get your money's worth. But I don't see like I don't, you might. Lo- you could. Love it. Sorry, I I have to. St- 
I actually yeah. can't believe that that's your like, reason for not wanting to play. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Me saying, "Oh, it's twenty hours long," is probably you know people thinking, "Oh, he can't keep his attention," and you know he doesn't understand things. But you might love it. You might be sad that it's not longer. I'm not. I, I don't I think, think so. I, I don't think. I, I seriously don't think any FPS has any any notion or any right to be more than twenty hours long. Unless if, it's if like it's a like pure... a Far Cry or something where it's that type of yeah if if, yeah, if it's world. like an open world like at least with Far Cry like you could you could probably beat Far Cry three in like twelve or fifteen hours yeah if you if you just mainline the story but like you just have to look like how many other first person shooters are over twenty hours long in the modern age no it was just full stop well. Uh... Like I'd say Doom, like, like Doom Eternal. Well, I'm yeah. Those uh, yeah. Doom Eternal. I don't even think Doom Eternal takes over twenty hours. It might maybe maybe over twenty hours, but I think it's less than twenty. Yeah. Same with Doom twenty sixteen. No, well, same here's with the, okay. Well, I'd suggest then here's here's the sort of counter. There were two expansion packs for Half Life. There was Blue Shift and Opposing Force. Opposing Force is like eight hours long. In fact, some people prefer Opposing Force. Opposing Force might actually replace one of the soldiers sent to purge the research facility. Opposing Force might actually be the best expansion pack or DLC. Well, it's not the 19, obviously not DLC back then, but you know, expansion pack ever yeah, made. Expansion pack. Very, very possibly oh, the best one ever made. Oh, ho, ho, um, that's a big. That's a, or at least that's for a first-person shooter. Um, so it's like eight hours long. Um, or if you are so desperately afraid of committing to a game that's slightly longer than a Call of Duty campaign, um. Oh, that's Blue Shift gonna be, is it? <laughs> Blue Shift is like uh, two hours long. You know that gives you a feel. Now, I uh, like Blue Shift is you know great and all, but it's um, it's two hours long. It's a very nice like quick. You want to sit down yeah. and just run around in Half Life World for you know just bang it out and you're done. Yeah. So if that's that'd be a good one to start. I'm just that's the that's the one out of the five where I'm like you really. One day, or even the remake. I haven't played it yet, but I, the Black Mesa or remake, especially with Half Life. Yeah, well, that, that's like that's been trending on Steam for a while. So I yeah. imagine loads of people are buying it. So like, I, I, I really want to see that. Sorry, this has gotten a little off topic, but this is the one I'm more, more. I've realized I'm most emotionally like. Uh, I can't believe this would. Uh... Oh God, sorry. This will have to be an episode later on. Yeah, we'll. So, we'll give each other games to play. Yeah, that that's that's your final game done, David. Yeah. For so, now, I'd ever, as in like yeah, no, ever, ever, you're never allowed to play ever, one ever again. Ever, never allowed to play ever yeah. again. So, I was between. I have two written down here. Okay, can I guess what I think the two are? Unless you want okay, to begin so, something, I'm sorry, I don't want to. No, no. So, so I'll just say that one of them is my kind of introduction. Or not even my introduction, but kind of the thing that properly got me into competitive online gaming, or okay. the indie game that got like that got me into say like PC and indie gaming. Oh, I know them. I think I know the two of them. But I will. I'll... I, I I highly doubt you have the indie one. But go on. Is it Terraria? No, no, no. Ah. Oh no. Is it Binding of Isaac? Yes, it is. Ah, yes. And I what would you say is the multiplayer one? It's either Rocket League or Overwatch. One of them do. Rocket League. Yeah. Yes. But 
I've decided I've decided that Binding of Isaac is the one that I'm going to talk about. Right. Uh, obviously, Binding of Isaac Rebirth, better game, way better. Everything, it's just a 100%ly, 100%ly, 100% improved version of the original game. But, but the original Binding of Isaac was the, the one I'm going to talk about. So Did all the heavy lifting at the start. Yeah, yeah, so... I think it was in 2009 or 10 I started to get into PC gaming and I was so far up a PC's arse that like I didn't pay attention to PlayStation. I I think I had still played my DS and eventually I got a 3DS. I didn't get a Vita or anything. So I, I didn't care. It was, it was either a Nintendo handheld and PC. So I got my PC and I started off with the usual, you know, downloading TF2 and playing that and, you know, buying oblivion which i already played and stuff like that but then i started to get into youtube really big in 2010 and obviously minecraft terraria you know games like that but then i stumbled across this lad called total biscuit may he rest in peace but he was easily my favorite youtuber i've ever watched without a shadow of a doubt and he probably still is and he always he he really he really loved showcasing indie games and me watching his channel really opened my eyes to just a whole new just realm of games that I just never, never even heard of. So there were low, there was obviously, you know, games like braid and things like that. But eventually I remember seeing a video about the binding of Isaac. I was like, Oh, this looks interesting. It was about this little kid that shot tears from his eyes, who was naked and he was running away from his mom in a basement, who was told by God to kill him, you know, it's all very like, and it's like a commentary on like, against religion and well, like extremist, you know, that's like how, fundamentalist yeah. Christianity that's, my... that's how I interpret it in any ways but it, it's it's very biblical and hmm. you know, obviously the character's name's Isaac and all the other characters are Abel and I'm trying to think Cain or whoever yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just there's loads of lo loads of religious iconography st stuff in it. So I remember playing that game, and as I said, it just opened my eyes to a whole new world, and I, like that's that's why it's on the list. And it also introduced me to arguably my favorite genre of any my favorite genre in gaming, and that's rogue light games. I make the distinction light. Instead of like, as opposed to like, because because obviously I remember specifically Total Biscuit talked about this a lot that rogue like games are games that are like rogue, and rogue light games are games that are like rogue but have other elements to them as well. It's not completely like rogue where it's turn based and things like that. So from then on, I've played a crazy amount of rogue lights like. The, all, all the ones that the everyone's the like one what? thing I uh, Rogue Legacy yeah Rogue Legacy Nuclear you should play, Throne uh, Castlevania Harmony of Despair yeah I, I will I will it's, get around yeah. to that sometime I think it's on PS now but, yeah so and then that that game also introduced me to uh, Northern Lion who is the Binding of Isaac machine who does thousands of episodes or who has done thousands of episodes for for both games, and he does a lot of roguelites. But, yeah, the main reason why I put that on my list is just mainly because of how it kind of introduced me to indie games, and it also introduced me to roguelites. And, like, I, I have played 
all the big ones since like dead cells and flint hook and i've kind of fell off it recently but i've i've played a lot of them and it's a, an absolutely fantastic genre of games and i'd probably say my favorite so yeah it's it's a yeah. it's a very it's gonna say an exhausting show it's a weird way of putting it it's a very oh, no um... no 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 it fully it 100 is an absolutely like every single roguelite that i've played you could easily put 200 hours into yeah i mean i put in i put in like a hundred and 50 hours into harmony of despair just to get one sword that i never got because yeah. it's um uh, that is a great game well uh, it's it's like uh it's like the 2d castlevanias but you're you're in a different castles and obviously you start mm. off with really crappy you know yeah. you know it's and it, obviously it, yeah i think isaac kind of it was like it was said that it was kind of modeled after the original zelda game and held the yeah the, sort of the over and, and the you, overview and everything. yeah yeah, and you could really see that, so I'd, I'd say that's probably played into it as well. So, yeah. yeah, it's just a great game. The best way to play it is on the Switch as well. Hmm. So, that's the games that's, that yeah. define us. That's yeah, or the, at least games that have some serious, like... Yes, yeah, some like, significance synon- in there, obviously. Synonymous in our minds with when people ask us yeah. about those games that we think, you know... Obviously, we could sit here and talk for another three hours, but I can already feel my voice going. Yeah, I can only imagine. And I also don't want to bore people by talking for stealing too much of their time. At least not yet. We respect your time for now. (laughs) For now. So that's been David. Do you have any closing thoughts? All I have to say is this: this sort of. uh, wasn't as uh, disastrous as I thought it would no, be. No, no, it, it, I hope it started off okay. pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, yeah. uh, dicey, but I think we pulled it together and I kind of feel like I've let down Half Life a bit, but, uh, well, uh, look, you'll be able to defend it in the, in the, I am a mature the... adult. I am not a yeah. <laughs> child. That's why I'm talking about it like this, treating yes. it like the so... artwork that it is. So, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, Leave your uh, outro to you, as uh, I currently don't have an online presence, but I'm. Yeah, David is working on his video. So uh, my, that yeah. has been the first ever episode of the Playback Podcast. So, Slam I have been Adam, and I have you been. You can find me. You can find me on YouTube. Yeah, well, look, I I have to plug myself, man. You do, yeah. So you can find me uh, on YouTube at Adzi. ADZI Space Gaming. I do retrospectives and reviews and the likes. Kind of a uh, few video essays every now and again when when I feel it. My beloved uh, video essay. Follow me on Twitter at 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 adzi adzyyt, and that's all my plugs. Uh, David, do you want to be found anywhere yet, or have you created any? As I very carefully sort of mold this online persona to be. Uh as marketable and sort of uh, brand friendly as possible. I think it's best if I uh, lay low for now, but uh, stay tuned at this spot. I'm just going to coast off Adam yeah. for the time being. Yeah. Well, my 127 subscribers will, yeah. be, will be all over your channel, David, when it happens. So uh, I really appreciate you all listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, and uh, Subscribe to whatever. Subscribe. subscribe to us on whatever you're listening to us. We're trying to, we're going to try to get this on everything imaginable. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Thank you all for watching. See you. Bye.